finished working a case in which I'd managed to frustrate a bunch of survivalists cum terrorists. The Phoebes, no less, had warned me to be on the lookout for revenge-crazed Looney Tunes. But the group allegedly out for my blood was the sort that wouldn't associate with black people, much less admit them as prized members and give them the choice assignment of taking out the half-Jewish bitch who'd foiled their finest scheme. I used to be a cop, across the river in Boston. I worked major crimes, and I worked homicide, and there are no doubt former and future felons who hold a grudge. But I was pretty sure most of them would do a better job of shadowing. Truly, this guy was not good at his work. If he was an accomplished felon, I was queen of the junior prom. He stayed too close, and then he stayed too far. He didn't know the basics, like walking on the opposite side of the street. He didn't use a shiner, a small mirror, so when he wanted to check where I was, he had to turn, risk a full stare, and look straight at me. He was strictly an amateur, but he was bird-dog stubborn and extremely patient while I visited Tower Records and sorted through stacks of bargain CDs. The gent also looked prosperous. If I'd sent him away and he'd come out of jail dressing the way he did, he owed me thanks. My grandmother, my mother's mother, would have cautioned me to quit judging by appearances. Fun euben putz, fun unten schmutz, she'd have warned in Yiddish. Finery on top, filth underneath, meaning the guy could be some kind of stylish hitman, unswayed by the Hollywood idea of what a modern hood ought to wear. I considered strolling over to a beat cop, informing him that the elegant black man was tailing me, but I knew too many Cambridge cops to relish the horse laugh that would follow. Plus, I take pride in handling my own problems. My shadow didn't seem like much of a threat so far, but I wasn't about to lead him home or walk solo down some dark alley where he'd feel free to pull a gun if such were his intent. I could have lost him easily, could have hailed a cab or jumped a bus. Instead, I marched him around the square while considering my options, then entered the coupe at the Mass Ave door, quickly stepped to the right into an open elevator car, and pressed the button for the third floor. As the doors narrowed, I saw my man rush inside and take note of the departing elevator. I figured he'd wait for the next trip, and wait a while, too, since there was only the single car. I had plenty of time to turn left twice and secrete myself in an alcove, surrounded by books on medicine and near a handy fire extinguisher. Hidden from view, I stuffed my parcels into my backpack, turned my reversible jacket inside out, blue to gray, and yanked a knitted cap over my red hair. It took him four minutes to elbow his way off the elevator and start tracking me down. I stayed behind him, veering from extreme left to far right, shielded by high bookcases, feeling like a crafty fox who'd turned the table on the hounds. The guy was tenacious, I'll give him that. He didn't approach the information desk or ask any coop shoppers if they'd seen me. Instead, he walked briskly to the back of the store, glanced down the curving staircase, decided I hadn't taken it, and charged across the third-floor pedestrian bridge, passing the restrooms and the phones and rushing into the connected Palmer Street coop.
There, he checked out the aisles of the textbook department, then worked his way down the floors of the Palmer Street building, ignoring dorm furnishings, greeting cards, Harvard insignia bears, and chairs, sweatshirts, and baby booties. He took the seven steps down into the Brattle Street building, exited, and did a brief survey of pedestrian traffic before stopping to consult a Rastafarian street musician who commanded a view of the door. I observed the interaction from behind a circular rack of crimson insignia bathrobes. The guitar player shook his head slowly, dreadlocks wriggling like snakes, and accepted a cash donation. The black man re-entered the coop, passing within ten feet of my hiding place. Tall, slim, maybe 180 pounds, regular features. He still wore the hat, so I couldn't check his hairline. Late thirties, early forties, a worried frown on a clean-shaven face. I still thought I might have seen him before today's...